What an awesome time of worship. And I love getting together with our family, serving Jesus, going after Jesus. So thank you for being with us this morning. Before we dive into the Word and our new sermon series on the book of Hebrews, I just want to talk just for a couple of minutes on uh, some exciting things that are happening around Radiant Life Church. Over the last few weeks, we've had a staff transition. We've had a uh, launch team service. We've had an offering for Marysville as we go to launch a new campus. Uh, just so many exciting things, and, and we believe that God is on the move. So I want to be sure you are informed what's happening and where we are. So first I mentioned a staff transition. Pastor Marissa, who is our children's pastor, she is no longer with us, and she is uh, looking. In fact, I would encourage you to keep praying for her, that she finds the place that God has for her her, uh, the next location of ministry for her, and we believe that he will do that. We're also thankful that here at Radiant Life Church, Pastor Ashley, uh, who's ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, Pastor Joe's spouse, she has jumped in to take for the next couple of months our children's ministry, and just through a few weeks doing a great job building teams. And uh, how many of you have kids in the house, fifth grade and below? A bunch. There's more in the first service. A lot more in the first service. Interesting. But God is moving and we are just having a great time. Pastor Ashley's doing a great job. And we are looking now for a permanent uh, children's pastor. So be praying with us. We have conversations. Maybe over the next few weeks, we'll even get to see some people that are with us and walking around and you can make assumptions who they are, what, what role they might be looking at. Um, but so we're, we're excited about that and want you to know that uh, we believe God's got it all. He's got it all put together. We also are in this position of looking for a new executive pastor, as Pastor Joe, uh, as he is looking to go to the military chaplaincy in the fall. This has been a part of the plan the whole time he's been on our team, uh, the last three plus years. And so we are in the process of searching for a new executive pastor. And we mentioned Marysville, Pastor Matt, our worship pastor, he is going to be our campus pastor. And so we are looking for worship pastor. So in your spare time, feel free to send prayers uh, God's way of direction. And what we believe, and I believe with all my heart, is God has the right people for this place for the next five to 10 years to come and to see the vision of 10 campuses in 10 years happen. This to me is not a scary thing. It's not like, oh, what are we going to do? In fact, it's the exact opposite. I'm like, God is going to take us to a new level because I believe every time he gives us opportunity to take steps in him, he does something special. And so he has a few opportunities as we look forward to future and to what that looks like. So be praying, but don't be fearful or worry. We don't need to do that. God's got it. But even as I was thinking about talking about this morning, I just free, not in our message, but today I encourage you, if there's things in your life where you feel like that's a worship pastor, an executive pastor, a children's pastor, maybe in your own life, in your relationships or in your health or in something that's going on, you feel there's just so much at one time. I don't know if I can do it. You can do it. God's got you. He loves you. He holds you. And he knows what it's going to look like in a year from now. Unfortunately, we don't, right? We, we kind of sit here and we're like, Lord Jesus, we, you know, do your thing. But he knows, and you can rest assured that he cares about you and your situation and what's going on with you and your family and your work and your health and everything about you. And so I, I just pray that you feel that this morning. With those staff transitions, Marysville is coming. We are believing September 19th. You can be praying for us. We believe that's when we're going to be launching. And uh, just over the last month or month and a half or so, we have our launch team, uh, a bunch of people, over 50 people that feel God has called them to be a part. If you are someone who you're still thinking, you're still praying, maybe you're not sure, we invite you. 
Every other Friday night, I calibrate. So two Fridays from now, we have our calibrate meeting. We come together for a half hour or so, and then we go into different groups. And our Radiant Life Marysville launch team meets in the foundations room. And we would encourage you, come hang out with us. Come let Pastor Matt uh, speak and, and just continue to share his heart of where God's taking. And maybe God is calling you. And if you're not sure, that'd be a great place to go to find out as you just hear the heart of what is going to be happening. Radiant Life in Marysville. Uh, And if you decide, you know, I don't think that's what God's called for me, nothing hurt by going and spending a Friday night or two uh, with the launch team. And so we're excited about that. We also are excited because three or four weeks ago, we took an offering. We were asking big time, Lord, would you bring $75,000 in so that we can launch in Marysville? And church, I want you to know that we're almost to that $75,000 in cash, but in pledges before September 19th, We got over $140,000 that was pledged to see Marysville launched and to see it launched right. And come on. And what I love about that is most of the money came in, probably at least $100,000 came in from people who are not going to be going to Marysville. That's not what they're planning. They see the kingdom of God as more than my comfort in my church right here. But they say, we can grow. We can see people come to know Jesus. And I want to say, thank you for being a kingdom-minded church, that it doesn't matter if it personally relates to you. In fact, some of you that gave substantially, you might never even go to a service in Marysville. Who knows? But you're like, I don't care because someone's going to come to know Jesus. One more, one more, one more. And so that's the kind of church that you are, and I thank you for it. And with that, would you be praying for us? We believe, we know God has a facility somewhere for us to rent or to buy or to rent and then like to have all week long or just for the weekend. We don't know. We believe and we know he does. Would you pray that we have the right conversations with the right people to get in the right place? And uh, so that's where we're at. We are just excited about it. Conversations every week. And in fact, we continue to just ask the Lord this theater is opening. We're going to get a tour this week. And even though they said no, we're, going to, we're going back for another try. We're going to be like, we're going to try it again because we just feel that maybe that's where it would be. And so would you be praying Tuesday that as there's a walkthrough, as there's a tour, uh, that God would just make it very, very clear. And if that's where we should be, that the people that are there would say yes, that, that it would just happen and there would be a change of heart. And if not, we're happy, just Lord Jesus, that he would give the right place, which we know he will. And we're looking forward to what he has for us. So thank you for being a part. Exciting days at Radiant Life Church. And we pray exciting days in your life, in your ministry, in the future of what God has for you individually. And then as we come together. Well, this morning we're going to jump into a series on the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews is an amazing book. Really, you boil it down just about the superiority of Jesus, of our God, of our Savior, of who he is, of what he did, that Jesus is supreme. Now, this book is a little bit different than a lot of New Testament books. Uh, We never know. You don't really know who is the author. It starts talking about God. It starts talking about who he is. The author is never mentioned. There are people who would say, Paul wrote this book, which sounds great, except it's not like any other book Paul wrote. So you'd kind of say, well, maybe it wasn't Paul. Uh, There's a whole bunch of other people, but there's no way to know for sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. But what we do know is that it is inspired by God. And in fact, the book of Hebrews has tons of quotations and allusions to the Old Testament, uh, 82 of them. 
In fact, this book is so powerful in saying what I've done in the Old Testament. And now what I'm doing through Jesus, what he did, carries on into the future. And that's what we are going, going to be able to experience here over the next few weeks. Also, if you're a history uh, buff in this, it probably was written between 67 and 69. There's people that put it a little later, a little earlier. But this is important because that means it was really early, like a really, really early letter. And uh, people think that because uh, the temple isn't mentioned being destroyed, so it's probably before 70 AD. Uh, there's some other elements that just make you feel it's probably in that range. And as I was studying this week and thinking maybe... Maybe 90% in the room, you don't even care about any of that. It's like, why does that matter? And let me encourage you, when you study the word and start to get some of the historical background and timing and you start to think through these things, God will speak through really, really cool things. And so I encourage you, if you even have a hint of interest in what I just talked about, go online, find a reputable website or find a, find a book and study just for a few minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Spend some time looking at the book of Hebrews and stuff that we talk about will be more vibrant because all of a sudden you understand some background. And in, in fact, every time we get in the word, I encourage you, don't let it be a 30-minute sermon by Pastor Chris, but say, Lord, how can I take this and then study and grow on my own at my house? Because if you didn't know, that's the whole entire goal of Sunday morning. It's not about an hour, and then we leave. It's about, Lord, what I've taken a little bit. Now I'm going to take it and grow and learn and become who you've called me to be in a personal way at home. So this would be a great book to read through, to study over the next several weeks, and to let God really speak to you. So a couple more things on that. This structure of the book is also interesting. It begins like an essay, continues as a sermon. It ends like a letter, once again, just a, a different, a book that is very unique from the rest of the New Testament. It was written to what seemed to be Jewish, a Jewish background, but with a Greek frame of reference, specifically as it talks about and analyzes Jesus as our ultimate reality. And that's where we are going to be diving in over the next several weeks. Jesus, our superior Savior. He's so good. It probably was written to, uh, and what it comes pretty clearly through, is a book that exhorts discouraged Christians to continue on strong with Jesus. And in a day and age where truly, if you believe the word of God and you speak the word of God, people, if you turn the news on, it kind of can be a little bit disheartening. It's like, so if I believe the Bible and what the Bible says, then I could be called names I could be in our culture canceled for various things that the word of God would say. And it is why it is so important to understand, is the Bible everything in my life? Do I believe the truth of the Bible? A while ago, uh, I, I always say, I believe, I believe. And someone's like, you need to stop saying you believe because it's not about you believing it. It's about it being the truth. Like it has nothing to do with you. And I'm like, well, that's what I mean to be saying, but right, it's not about do I believe? It is true, and then I have to line my life up with the word of God. How Hebrews starts, in fact, the first verse, I think says the exact same thing. It says, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Why is this important? The writer of Hebrews doesn't explain who God is, doesn't come up with some big elaborate plan of why we should listen to God. Doesn't say, well, God did or did or did, besides that he spoke, so that he speaks. That's all that he says. 
the, the, the writer um, or she. And it's amazing that when we understand that I'm not questioning, is God alive? Is he here? Does he care? No, the writer of Hebrews just talks about God because he's saying, this is to you, church. You know, he's king, he's supreme, he's ruler, he's got it, he's got you. And when we understand that the word of God has that sort of power in my life, that I don't need to argue about the merits of the Bible or of God, because that's my, we're Christians, we, we know him, that all of a sudden everything changes. And maybe today you come in and you're like, I'm not a Christian then you get to be on that side. You're deciding, is God real? Is the word of God the word of God? And if so, then we believe that you're gonna one day come and say, I wanna be a Christian. Not because we're so nice or because we have such a good social group or social hour on Sunday morning, but because the word becomes everything in our life when we understand that he is our king and our ruler and our creator and he loves us. That all of a sudden I can just talk about God. I don't have to explain anything because It's not about my belief in him. He's there, and we believe, we do as a group. He is superior. As we continue on here, our eternal God, that's who he is. He is so good. He is so supreme. He speaks to the prophets, and then through the prophets speaks to the fathers. In the Old Testament, we saw that he speaks through prophetic speech, through visions, through uh, human-mediated speech, through still small voice, so many other ways. And in fact, if you know the word of God, just a few things that could come to mind are God speaking to Moses by a burning bush. That would be pretty cool. I would be all for that. But he spoke to Elijah by a still small voice. He spoke to Isaiah by a heavenly vision. He spoke to Hosea by a family crisis. He spoke to Amos by a basket of fruit. Now that one, I love it. Just as I was going through some commentaries, I'm like a basket of fruit. That's like my favorite way uh, that, you know, that that he spoke. Probably 12 to 15 years ago, we had a group of guys that we got together, I believe on Tuesday night, and we prayed. And when we prayed, we would talk a few minutes, like testimony, uh, maybe what God, what we need prayer for. And then we just sat around and prayed out loud with each other. We prayed in the spirit. And then we would do something where we would just take sometimes what felt like an eternity and we'd sit there for five or 10 minutes and just be quiet, not say anything, not pray. You should try it sometime. Get a group of people and just sit quiet for five minutes. It feels like four or five hours. I mean, it's like, it is amazing. But what we learned, and as we got more comfortable, we really began to hear God in those times. You pray, you pray in the spirit, and then you sit and let him actually speak to you instead of just talking. And he begins to show up. He begins to start talking. But one specific time, Micah Newman, uh, one of the guys that was in our group, he's like, this is crazy. But I just feel that I'm supposed to say the word orange, like the fruit that you eat. And It seemed wild. Like, of all the things God could say, why in the world would he say orange? But in this, one of the other guys in the circle, that was like the culmination or the the, the just God spoke. It was clear. It made it clear to him that him saying orange confirmed what God had been speaking to him. Like, okay, this is obviously you. Because why in the world would someone say what I had been looking for, like that I had just been seeing? And God spoke through a vision or through a fruit that someone was willing to speak of. Now that's weird. You know, normally on a Sunday morning, it's not like, hey, uh, Apple, you know, I mean, it could happen. It happened then and we're happy, but it might feel a little odd. Guess what? I've learned God sometimes is a little odd. Jesus did some weird things like putting mud on people's face. He's God. Did he really need to put mud on the guy's face? Probably not. 
But God does weird things sometimes, and that's okay. And so God speaks. But as we continue on and we continue to see what what is going on in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 go on to say, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. This, this verse, this might be one of the most rich, deep verses in the Bible. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So we could preach, I think, seven or eight weeks just on verse 3. Uh, like, what? What a great word, verse. I'm going to read it again. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We're in the moment of last days, these years uh, of waiting on God, on Jesus to come and to be revealed in glory. But I am so excited that we no longer are waiting on a prophet. Now, thankfully, there's still a prophetic word. In fact, here in a few minutes, two prophetic words, a scripture and a word of encouragement for us, we're going to give. And God still speaks through the prophetic, through words of wisdom and knowledge, and he still heals and restores and makes new. But it's not only the prophets, because now Jesus has come, and he has spoken through Jesus. In fact, as we read this, there's seven descriptions of who Jesus is that we must understand and we have to get in our spirit. But Jesus, he did not only bring a message like the prophets did. He didn't just come and say a few things, but he was the message. He is who God is. He spoke and radiates the glory of God. In fact, we see the personality of God through Jesus. Something that you and I, just can't quite get to that level. But Jesus came. He didn't sin. He died for us and gave eternal life for us, to us. He is the representation of God. He beams the glory of God. It is an amazing thing, the radiant glory that Jesus reveals, which means today, if you're not quite sure, you're questioning, who's God? Who is that? What's that look like in my life? Get in the word and Jesus will be revealed. Seven descriptions there that we see in verses 2 and verse 3. He's the heir of all things. He is preeminent. It is connected to Jesus' standing as firstborn of all creation. He is over top. He is ruler. He's the heir. He's so good. He created the worlds, in fact. And this Greek word of what that world would be, would be the eons. He did not only create a tree and a human and the earth, but he created everything you see in time, in space. He created it all. Our Jesus, he is not just something here and some God, but he created everything. He always has been. He always will be. He's the radiance of the glory of God. The radiance of the glory of God. I love that our church name is Radiant Life Church. Why? Because we believe that we should just radiate. We should let the glory of God shine through us. And that everything we do, the glory of God should be poured through us. Just like what Jesus did. Now Jesus takes it to a new level. This beam of God's glory, you could call it. It's like the sun. That we only see the rays of light as they come to us. 
And when we think of God, we don't see God, but we see Jesus in the ray of light that is who God is. When we know Jesus, we know the Father. He's the exact imprint of his nature. I love that. You can't get any more direct than that. The exact imprint of his nature. When we look at Jesus, we experience God. There is no clearer prophetic voice than Jesus is as he radiates God, which is why any word that comes forward in a church service or from a pastor or in a small group or anywhere else that we are, it will line up with the word of God because Jesus radiates God. And if it goes against the truth of the word of God, then no matter how, far, how much we feel something's good or how much we like something, it makes no difference because the word of God is God. Jesus shines forth the glory of God, which means if you hear something and you're like, hmm, that may not sound like what God would have, but it's somebody I respect. You go to the word of God. Does it line up? Is it true? If it's not, then you say they missed it. They messed up. That's not the word of God. There's no clearer prophetic voice than Jesus's as he radiates God. Next we see in these verses that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He, he maintains, he upholds, he builds and, and pours out a sustaining power in your life just with the word. When you think of him on the earth, he healed, he forgave, he brought back to life, he restored. He did anything and everything to bring sustaining power to you, to uphold. And today, church, I want you to know that that is a representation. That's God, his glory shining through Jesus and today in your life, he wants to uphold you, to sustain you, to help you make it. And if you feel like you can't or you don't have the power, today when we look at Jesus and we look at who God is flowing through us, you will make it. You've got him. He loves you. There's no greater love than the purification for our sins that we see here. He loves unlike anyone else. No one else you, Old Testament law with bulls and goats and doves, none of that stuff could show love. But Jesus could come and he brought life because he died on a cross. What we just celebrated the last couple of weeks and, and Easter, he died for you and rose again on the third day. He purified. He is our ultimate high priest. And thankfully, we no longer, you no longer have to come and bring bulls and goats and we don't have to kill them and we don't have to burn them. I don't know if I would be doing this job if that's what I had to do, because that doesn't sound like any fun. But we get to come boldly before the Lord because he's our high priest. He's got us. He's purified us. There's no greater love than Jesus's as he became our once and for all high priest. And then it closes that section with something that is incredibly important, that he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus, unlike Old Testament, unlike law, unlike bulls and goats and sacrifices, he came once and for all. He became victorious. And then he went to heaven, sat on the right hand, and he sits there interceding for you and for me. His work is done. He doesn't have to sacrifice anything else. We don't have to sacrifice anything else because he's already won the victory. He's got you. I feel like in our day and in our age, sometimes we want to keep sacrificing. And we don't, we don't do that through bulls and goats, but we, we don't receive the, the forgiving or the healing or the wholeness like we should. 
We, we want to keep working hard or we want to keep striving because if I do enough, then God is going to make it actually real. But he already made it real. He already purified your sins. He already died for you. He loves you fully. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. There is no higher king than Jesus as he rules over all. There's no higher king than our Lord. And today we can have confidence. Wherever you've been, whatever you've done, he radiates the glory of God and he has purification. He's purified you. He's made you new. In fact, in a few minutes, we're going to pray. And if, for people who just hold those things, I have a burden right now in this season that I believe God wants to keep removing those things from people. Because how can we d- display and radiate the glory of God if we're holding on to stuff that he's already forgiven us? He's already removed it. He's already got rid. But we won't let go in our, of, an, of ourself. He's in heaven. He rules. In fact, Isaiah 53, a few weeks we looked at, says that he intercedes, and not for the good Christian who doesn't mess up, because then we're all in big trouble. But it says he intercedes for the transgressor, for the sinner. He intercedes for you and me. God is so good, and he loves us. He is superior. He's our superior Savior. He's our eternal God. The radiant glory shines through Jesus, and he is the supreme son. In verse four, it says, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. In fact, the rest of this chapter talks about the angels, talks about who who they are, and it talks about the supremacy of Jesus over him. These angels are, are messengers from the spiritual realm who dispense information and revelation on God's behalf. And in fact, when you look into the, the word of God, we see a few things about angels. They're created by God. They're under his authority. They help carry out God's work on earth by bringing God's message to people, protecting God's people, offering encouragement, giving guidance, carrying out punishment, patrolling the earth, and fighting the forces of evil. And in New Testament days, there were popular teachings that an angel brought people's requests to God and interceded for them. Because of all of these beliefs about angels, the Jews honored them highly. And for me, maybe for you, maybe you don't think so much in like spiritual warfare sort of stuff. You don't think angels and demons. The word of God makes it clear, just in case you weren't sure, that we are in a spiritual war. But he doesn't leave us on our own. He, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us. Angels are with us. And we experience that. But the word here speaks clearly that no matter how good an angel could be, and we pray that, uh, you know, uh, let an angel go with them in their car. An angel must have been in that car wreck, that how people don't die. Or, you know, we use these words. The word of God speaks. Jesus is so high and above and victorious and glorious above an angel, which would be the best thing in, in their life that they could pull to mind. And I want you to know today that he is supreme in your life and whatever is going on. He's supreme over your relationship. He's supreme even over your marriage relationship or your, your, your relationship with your children, your family, your friends. He's supreme over the things that are good in your life. He's also supreme of what really just doesn't seem right. He's supreme of sickness. He's supreme over death. He's supreme over disease. He's supreme over whatever is going on in your life. Church, he loves you. He is supreme. He's got you. His name is higher. It's not merely a title, but a description of his nature and character. 
In fact, what this is saying, when you get right down to it, uh, in Mark 9 through 7, God said, this is my beloved son and hear him. And he's telling the people here, this is my beloved son, hear him. And today, church, if you're not sure, if you don't know, if you're trying to figure out this whole God thing, today we look at the word of God. We look at Jesus and Jesus calls out, today, hear my son, hear him, do what he's called you to do, be who he has called you to be. The rest of the chapter talks about Jesus being superior to the angels because he is the son of God. He's superior to the angels be, and because the angels worship and serve him who is their God. Jesus is superior to the angels because the father himself calls him and not in the angel, God and Lord or Yahweh. Jesus is superior to the angels because he has sat down having completed his work while the angels work continually. And church today, Wherever you are, he sits at the right hand of the Father. He's got you. He loves you. In fact, in those first few verses, we see he is our prophet. He radiates God. He radiates God. He's our priest. He's the final sacrifice. He is our high priest. And he is our king. He sits at the right hand of glory. Today, church, if you're struggling, if you don't know what to do, you just feel lost, the word of God is your answer. Jesus is your answer. He is supreme in your life over everything and over anything. Today, if you are struggling to hear him, I encourage you to get the word out, to spend time in his word. If you're struggling to, to experience him, but you're not actively in the word of God, let it become a part of what you do, of who you are, and you will experience our supreme savior in your life. In fact, this morning, a couple words that came forward, May Flood came forward, and, and this word I think goes so well. Proclaim the word. Decree it loudly. Don't be shy. Proclaim the word of God. Proclaim it with boldness. Don't look back. Proclaim the word. He's got you. He loves you. In church, it is time to wrestle with the word, to get the word in us, and then to proclaim it to those in that are a part of our church. But church, it's time to proclaim the word outside. It's time to say, I don't care what happens. I don't care what anybody says. The truth of the word, in the loving Jesus-like way, of course, we must proclaim who he is and share him with our world. He's got you. He loves you. He's supreme. Yuka shared a, a verse with me Lamentations 2, 18 and 19, that said, their hearts cried to the Lord. O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears stream down like a torrent day and night. Give yourself no rest, your eyes no respite. Arise, cry out in the night. At the beginning of the night watches, pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands to him for the lives of your children who faint for hunger at the head of every street. And today I believe the word is clear. Proclaim the word, get in the presence of God, pour out your heart to him and our supreme savior. He will come, he's your answer, he's all you need. He brings healing and restoration and he was with you when things happened that you didn't like. He was with you when sin took place in you or from somebody else. And this morning, as we close this time, we're gonna spend a few minutes worshiping Jesus. And there's three areas I believe God wants to speak to and people today. If 
you've never given your life to Jesus, our supreme Savior is here. He loves you. He cares for you. He has the best things for you. And you, all you have to do is ask him, Lord, would you forgive me? Lord, would you make me new? Lord, I repent of my past and I give you my life. I offer you everything. And you are welcome into his family. Even now, you can just pray in your own words to God also believe that there's a group of people that's just been heavy on my heart that are struggling with grief. And maybe a, a recent death or a recent loss, uh, and for you, definitely as well. But I also f- believe there's some people from a long time ago, grief, something that you lost, someone you lost, that you've just been carrying around like a backpack on a hike, that you've got this big pack, and God today wants to remove what is not yours to carry, what's His. And he wants you to know that the Supreme Savior was with you then. He walks with you now and he's got you. He loves you. You don't have to carry it anymore. The grief from the past. And the last one, you've served the Lord, you've walked with him, but today you believe and you just have this this guilt. Like you can't let the grace of God make you, let you feel free. He's forgiven you. You believe it. You believe it for everybody else, but for some reason in your own life, you struggle. Maybe because of what somebody did or because of what you did, doesn't matter. But today I believe God is speaking to some people and he wants to give freedom and wholeness to you. He wants to pour his spirit out on you that we leave and we're free. We've got salvation. We're free. We're not gonna carry things that have happened or, 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 or problems or grief from the past. And we're not gonna carry our sin that he's already taken away. We're gonna let go of that, that thing, that burden in our life. And we're gonna leave free and whole walking in his grace today, church, all over. If we could just stand to our feet, maybe you're at home. And if you're in one of those three areas, we're going to put it all together this morning. You say, I need salvation. There's grief in my life that I believe God wants to take, or I just want to feel the the grace of God and not carry around a burden that is not from him. If you would just close your eyes, bow your heads just for a moment, and you'd say, that's me, one of those areas. Would you just raise your hand all over this room at home? One of those three things, very different things. Yes, all over this room. People that say, I want to give my life to him. I want grief to be gone. I want to feel his grace, whatever area. Today, church, as we turn this place into an altar, where you are at home, maybe at your couch or a podcast in three weeks from now, wherever it is, would you pray? Would you begin to intercede for yourself, for whatever area it was? Would you ask him to move? So Lord, right now we offer you all, we give you all, and we proclaim salvation to those that right now would say, Lord, forgive me and make me new. Lord, we pray freedom, that that the grief of the past, Lord, that you would take that off just like a backpack and you would carry it and we would be free. And Lord, the grace that you've already given to those that they believe and they trust and somehow they believe for others, but they struggle in themselves. Lord, I pray that they would walk away free, that your grace is sufficient, the purification of what you did on the cross. You as our prophet, you as our priest, you as our king has given wholeness and life. And I will not, and we will not carry around a burden that you've already forgiven. You've already given and and set us free from. Lord, we thank you that you're our supreme savior. So right now, Lord, as we turn, as we worship, as we pray, as we cry out to you, as we close this time, would you speak? Would you let your glory rest, Lord Jesus, upon this church? And would you bring freedom this morning, freedom in you, freedom, Lord Jesus, as we look to our supreme Savior, to the Word of God, as we proclaim it and decree it, decree it, God. You are good. We love you, Jesus. Move in us.
as we take a step towards you this morning. Let's worship, church.